Cause sometimes I be right. Hello. Welcome to the show. Back to the show. Back to it. It's like riding a bike. You never forget. I'm back. After a, a lengthy hiatus. My apologies. I didn't realize it was that long. The holidays came through. You know. Things happen. And then you say, you know what? Bam! Let everybody enjoy their holiday season. Let everybody get their takes off. All before I come back. And let me tell you, let me tell you. <laughs> so much has happened since the last time we spoke. Some things got me fired up. Some things. Listen, this new year has brought me back. I know my purpose now. The most dangerous thing in this world is a focused man, focused person, man or woman, focused, right? Talented, equipped with all the tools to succeed, and a clear understanding of their place in the universe. What up, Cyber family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! Let's start right here. Number one. This wasn't even in the show notes. This is something that came up when I was eating my breakfast, my brekkie. As they say on Bluey, those of you with kids know exactly what I'm talking about. And maybe some of you hip people who don't have kids watch Bluey. You know what I'm talking about. Brecky. I saw, I read. Actually, to be honest, I don't even know if I read it or if I saw it. (laughs) But I consumed this idea that the Bears must trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams because he has the potential to be just like Patrick Mahomes. First, that's how I started my day. Now, look, let me start by saying this. Number one, I'm going to go on record. The Bears should not move off Justin Fields. And I'll tell you quickly why. As bad as you may think Justin Fields is, let me ask you a question. What quarterback do you think is going to the Bears right now as their roster is and is going to lead them to a Super Bowl? If you want to say Patrick Mahomes, uh, did you see the Chiefs this year? Did you see Patrick Mahomes this year? Did he look like the greatest thing since sliced bread? No. And why? Team's a little different, isn't it? Weapons not the same, are they? Right? Looks a little different now. Patrick Mahomes ain't going to the Bears and leading them to a Super Bowl. So stop. Justin Fields has all the talent in the world. Everyone would agree. Oh, he's super talented. He's just not putting it together. Fine, but what do you have on that Bears offense that makes you say he should be good because he's got that guy? They don't have one. They got a solid offensive line. Solid. The receiver core is led by DJ Moore. DJ Moore is not a number one on any team in the NFL. He's not a number one. He's a good player. He's a nice gadget guy. You could do some things with him. If he is your number one, ah, your receiver room is in trouble. That's what he's got. Now, you mean to tell me. And here's why. Here's, here's what really annoys me about that statement. If you got to get Caleb Williams and get rid of Justin Fields. Caleb Williams was not able to carry USC 
to a championship was not able to carry them to the playoff. Couldn't do it. College football. They had a really bad defense, right? Oh, the defense is terrible. Hey, the defense is terrible. What the hell do you think is going to happen in the NFL? Why, oh why, every year do you dodo birds make the same mistake? If a guy was not good enough to carry his bad college team to a playoff slash championship, why, oh why, do you think he's going to do it on the next level? The most difficult level that he will ever see, he will be able to do something he was not able to do on the lower level. How does that make sense to you? Somebody make this make sense to me. Caleb Williams was not good enough, dynamic enough, or superior enough in college football to carry his USC team, who was not great. The defense had some problems, but he could not overcome that in college. When you play, half of your schedule is a bunch of crumb bums. He couldn't carry that over the hump, and you think he's going to go to the NFL, to a franchise picking number one overall, and carry that team in the NFL to a playoff or Super Bowl? Why? Why do you think that would happen? We've seen Justin Fields have success in the NFL. We've seen Caleb Williams struggle struggle in college we've seen him go up against the best competition he's faced and not look so great why do you think he's just gonna walk in the door and magically be able to lift the entire franchise based on what he ain't lift usc what they have five losses this year what the hell what Justin Fields ain't lose five games in all of his college tenure. Stop it. I know Caleb Williams is fun. Da, 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 all that. I get it. He might be a really good player. But if you're the Bears, you have a guy in office who it looks from the outside, the team likes him. The players like him. He plays hard. He gives it everything he got. He's not cheating the game. Build around the guy you have who has all of the talent. Elite talent. No one disputes that. Build around that guy. Because I got news for you, man. Caleb Williams, I'm going to say right now, Caleb Williams ain't it. Y'all all all love Caleb Williams. He ain't it. And it's not a situation like Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes, everybody said, talent-wise, unreal. The question was where he went to school. He went to school at Texas Tech where everybody threw up big numbers. And "Ah, is this really the offense or is this really how good he could be? You're playing in that conference where defense is eh, really not a big deal. So you're playing with bad de- against bad defenses, and you're playing in an offense where everyone who's played in the offense puts up 5,000 passing yards and 50 touchdowns. It's just like, it's just the way it is. So people question, like, ah, how much should we believe what we're seeing here? But the talent was there. They saw it. They were just hesitant. No. Caleb Williams has been in a position to show you he can carry something, and he ain't done it. He ain't done it. I I'm, I just had to start there. I just had to start there. I'm going to quickly touch on Belichick retiring, Nick Saban retiring, two great coaches. You know, kudos to them. Who their replacements are, we'll get into that more next week. Now let's move on 
boy, oh boy. I, look, I be right. <laughs> Sometimes I be right, bro. I be right. And when I'm wrong, I be wrong. Hey, man, it happens. I be wrong. Some, hey, I be wrong. All right. Oh, you know what? Oh, God. I have to. Before I get into this and start patting myself on the back, let me, uh. Uh, you know what? Nah, nah, we ain't talking about the college football national championship until until we'll do it at the end of the show. <laughs> we'll do it at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. Okay, I'm not ready. I haven't I haven't processed it fully. I haven't accepted it. I'm in one of the stages of grief. I don't know which one it is, but I haven't gotten there yet. Maybe by the end of the show, I will. Let me let me let me go. Let me pat myself on the back to make myself feel better. Okay. Uh, listen. If you've listened to this show for about the past year and a half, maybe even two years, I don't know, you are probably sick, sick and tired of hearing me talk about C.J. Stroud, okay? Sick and tired. Now, I know, look, he won his division. Did I pick it? I'm pretty sure I did. Pretty sure I said I picked the Texans to win the division. Uh, definitely picked him to make the playoffs. Uh, CJ Stroud is clearly the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, as he should, well-deserved. And I think it's safe to say that CJ Stroud could be called a franchise quarterback. In fact, there are some people in the sports media who are willing to go as far as to call him an elite quarterback at this point. Now, some of you may wonder, hey, John, you've been saying since... Early in the college football season last year, this is a can't-miss quarterback. Leading into the draft, you said, this guy, clearly the best. Leaps above everybody. Clearly the best. He's a franchise quarterback. Yes, yes, people criticize me. People call me names. People bashed him because of where he went to school. Ohio State's never had a franchise quarterback. They never produced one. That's a fact. Yes, I heard it all. So I could sit here and puff my chest out and call you all names and point out the haters, <laughs> the naysayers, right? And I'm going to. Because <laughs> you dodo birds owe me an apology, okay? You owe me an apology, okay? Not because I was right and you were wrong, no. But because I've come on this show since it started and preached to you we're done with all that cliche sports mumbo jumbo. We're done with that. It is now 2024. I am no longer allowing you all to follow that rhetoric. We're not doing it. We're not doing it no more. So when when when, when CJ Stroud was coming out, y'all all wanted to follow the narrative up. Oh, but he went to Ohio State. Ohio State's never produced a franchise quarterback. It's hard to evaluate a guy coming from Ohio State because of all the talent he has around him. Uh, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. Because <laughs> all of the top guys you got coming out are probably coming from a school that has a lot of talent. Why? Because the best high school players want to go to the best college programs. If you coming from Alabama, what the hell they got? Nothing but talent. Yet you thought Bryce Young was can't miss. Oh, he's really good. But he's coming from Alabama. Who year after year after year after year has a higher recruiter rank than Ohio State, and they have better players. The 
hell are you talking about? It's hard to evaluate with the talent, but y'all had no problem evaluating Bryce Young. You're just wrong. <laughs> you just follow the old cliches and the rhetoric of the past. Well, we done. Sometimes I'll be right. Cyber family, we are ending that. Anything you wanted, I've said it before, anything you wanted in a quarterback, C.J. Shroud has it. Size, arm talent, good character guy, never been in trouble. Face the media very well. If you want to go the religious aspect, he's always praising God. Like, just good kid. Teammates liked him. Came into the building with excitement. You didn't hear nothing pre-draft about, oh, I don't want to go there. Didn't care where he went. Wherever I go, making it a home, we on. We running. Not a diva. There's no NIL controversy. Like, nothing. What you want to see? In the biggest game of his life where he, they said, hey, we need you to be a dog. We need you to show dimensions we ain't seen yet. What did he do? Showed you. The Panthers are idiots they chose bryce young over cj stroud bad move because there's i've said it before there's nothing bryce young did better than cj stroud and the only reason why you pick bryce young over cj is because you believe because he was in the sec playing at alabama he's better and he's more ready because ohio state's not real football yeah you're an idiot you were wrong now sit back Splash your fans with your drink because you annoyed because you wrong. You passed up on your franchise quarterback and got that other guy. Now, Bryce Young might be good, but he ain't CJ. And he wasn't CJ in college, and he ain't going to be CJ in the pros. You got it wrong. That's fine. But to all you people who said, man, he's not going to be a franchise quarterback. He's not going to be any good. Just say, hey, man, my bad. Cyber underscore pod, S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D, hit me up and say, hey, man, my bad. You're not an idiot. You're not a homer. You're not riding nobody's jock. Hey, you're not, no, you, you was right, bro. We was wrong. We, we, you know, we missed that one. Hey, another area that I was right. Yes, I'm here for my flowers. I'm here to let you know, hey, if you ain't going to apologize, I'll I'll take the apologies for you. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember? A year ago, when the idea of, actually two years ago, when the idea of trading Aaron Rodgers came up, everybody said the same thing. You can't trade Aaron Rodgers because Jordan loves no good. You don't know how good he is. What if he stinks? And what did I say then, years ago? Put him in and find out. You ain't winning nothing with Aaron Rodgers. Let him go. Find out what you got in the young guy. Worst case scenario, you end up picking in the top three, and you could draft the quarterback you want for the future. Win-win. What happened when they traded When a year later? Oh, you got to move Aaron Rodgers. You got to move him. Uh, I said that a year ago. I was a year early on that. Everybody called me, you're an idiot, you don't know football, you're an idiot. And then then all of a sudden, a year later, it was, we got to trade him. And what did they say to me? Did anybody say, hey, John, yo, hey, if they had done it last year, psh, value was higher last year. 
They would have got more for him last year. Man, you was right. They should have did that because they're going to do it now. So, damn, they waited too long. It's okay. I know. I was right. You was wrong. But whatever. Then they trade him. And what does everybody say? Ah, oh, Jordan Love stinks. Jordan Love stinks. And what did I say? I I looked I looked at the numbers of Aaron Rodgers' first year starting. And what did I say? I said, oh, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure Jordan Love could have that kind of year. He could, he could put up those. He could have that kind of season. Right? Why not? So just for fun. Aaron Rodgers' first year starting was in 2008. He threw for a whopping 64% completion. 4,038 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and a 93.8 rating. That's pretty good. First year starting, that's good. Good numbers. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's the almighty, can't trade him, Jordan Love sucks. You want to know what Jordan Love did this year in his first year starting? Completed 64% of his passes, 4,159 yards, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a QB rating of 96. Hey! (laughs) Hey! You dum-dums! In the beginning of the year, we're trashing Jordan Love. He's got no pop. He's got no, he ain't no good. He ain't no good. Dude put up a better first season than Aaron Rodgers did. Now, now, after weeks one through five, he was getting trashed. Like, ah, clearly the, clearly the Packers are looking for their franchise quarterback in the draft. Now going into the playoffs is, hey, they got their guy. They got Jordan Love. He's there. That's their guy going forward. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> what happened? I thought he was no good. I thought you couldn't trade Aaron Rodgers two years ago because Jordan Love stinks. I thought you. I thought when you traded him last year, like, oh, got to get a quarterback because Jordan Love ain't it. I thought in the beginning of the year, Jordan Love is no good. Had no pot, no zip, no nothing. No spark. Got his team to the playoffs. And had a really good year. Man, funny how it works, ain't it? Funny how the, 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 the sports media can just look at a guy, make a judgment, be absolutely wrong, and then come back later and pretend as if they, they didn't say nothing. That, like, we never said nothing about Jordan Love. We said, let's see. <laughs> no, you didn't. Hey, rewind the tape. Go back to the podcast before the season started. I was the one championing Jordan Love saying, hey, he going to be just fine. Let's see. And if it ain't good, then you just replace them. But they should have did this two years ago. But hey, what do I know, right? I'm just an idiot behind the mic talking crazy, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you want to know something funny? Last one, I promise. Remember, Remember a couple years ago? Hey, you go on you go on the YouTube, you go on the TikToks, you look up Cyberpod, you're gonna see it. I made a little short, I made a little video about how the Eagles had their next great head coach, and I gave brought up the stats, and it was actually Doug Peterson. And I said, Nick Sirianni is doing exactly what Doug Peterson did. And a year later, they got rid of Doug Peterson because oops, he ain't really the guy. What's happening right now, this moment? Oh, that's right. They're talking about booting Sirianni out of there. 
But just a year ago, he was the guy. He was superstar coach. Oh, he's so great. Oh, he's a genius. And what did I say then? Hey, slow down. Slow down. This dude looks just like Doug Peterson to me. Same trajectory. It all It's all great right now. Oh, boy, that crash is going to be hard. He might be a good coach. He might be a trash coach. I don't know. But the fact is, when y'all was singing his praises, calling him a genius, doing this and that, I was right here saying, whoa, slow down. Slow down. And I was getting called names again. I was getting criticized again. And now just look. Sometimes I'll be right. That's the point. I may sound like a nut. I may sound like, bro, you just saying stuff to say it. Oh, you just pulling stuff out of thin air. You don't know what you're talking about. Incorrect. <laughs> you're wrong. I think. I think about all this. Sometimes I think logically. Sometimes I think, hey, you know what? Sometimes sports doesn't make sense. Sometimes things happen that don't make sense. And you got you to gotta factor that into your decisions. And your critiques and your criticisms and all that stuff. You got to sometimes think, hey, some things you can't understand, but they happen. I'm very thoughtful in all of my takes. When I say Caleb Williams ain't the guy, it ain't hate. It's not hate. It's I see your demeanor when you go against Utah and it's different. I see your demeanor when you go against Oregon and it's different. I see your bounce is a little different versus those teams. I see the way you stand in the pocket and deliver a throw is a little different against those teams versus the other teams that are lesser. I see that. Little subtle things. Subtle things. Like how wide your stance is. When you drop back, you hit that back foot and you plant it and you got that, that motion, it looks different versus Nevada than it does versus Utah. I'll notice that. And I'll be like, ah, there it is. That little, that little crack, which lets me know, amplify the pressure. All that good stuff you like about this kid goes out the window. When everything's right, he's great. But that's every quarterback. When everything is right, perfect. He's going to light up the world. But if you're getting drafted number one, the situation ain't all right. You go, you walking into a dumpster fire most of the time. And what you need to be able to do is overcome that and stand in the face of that and deliver. And with Bryce Young at Alabama, every single week, he had the superior team. He had the superior coaching staff. He had, he had the advantage. Going into the NFL, no longer had that. Can you stand in the face of that and deliver? Because you're going into a really bad situation. He didn't play well. He didn't have no help. But he didn't do anything himself to make you say, oh, if he had more help, psh, be over. CJ Stroud went into a bad situation and played well. Didn't light up the world. Wasn't throwing bombs everywhere. Nothing like that. He was playing in control 
using the tools he has around him to the best of their ability and the best of his ability. He didn't try and do too much. He wasn't trying to prove anything. He was playing football, under control, relaxed, patient, doing all of this. That's who he is. And Caleb Williams, who you all love, you love because he runs around. He can improvise. What does that mean? What does that mean? You're going to praise one guy because he's able to run around, run around, run around, run around, find a wide open guy and throw it. That's great. Is that what happens in the NFL now? Is that, wait, hold on. That's, that's how they play in the NFL now? No, it's not. In the NFL, you got to stick to the script, be able to play under control. Be able to go through reads one, two, three. You can't look at one and then start running back and forth, sideline to sideline, before somebody eventually gets open and then you just bombs away. Patrick Mahomes don't even play that way. Once or twice a game, he might make a play like that, but for the most part, he's going through the progressions. Caleb Williams hasn't shown you that that's what he's going to do, ever. And yet, they will praise him as generational talent. Meanwhile, C.J. Stroud was actually a generational talent. And they washed over him like, nah, nah. He's got no, got no special. Nothing special about him. Yeah, that's the point. You don't need these flashy guys. You need the guy that's going to just keep things cool. Keep things under control. Tom Brady ain't never have no flash. Nope. Mm -mm. But, you know, hey. Sirianni's a genius, I guess. He's going to go to his next destination probably and be a genius again. Like, oh, stupid. All right. Let's get into the NFL. I want to take a brief moment uh, to talk about the question becomes, <clears throat> as a Cowboys fan, do I believe in the Cowboys? Oh, gosh. This is tough. This is tough. Because I feel like what I say on this mic, on this show, is going to go into the universe. And the sports gods are going to have to choose to give me <laughs> give me fortune and joy or crush my spirit. I'm going to say it like this. Just how I talked about with the quarterback, sometimes I'll notice a very small thing. A very small thing. I notice small things with this Cowboys team. They seem they seem like they're getting the little things done. And even when they don't, even in, during the year where they got beat up by certain teams and they lost some games they shouldn't have and games were closer and it looks like, oh, same old Cowboys, I feel like it didn't feel quite the same. You know, I can't explain it. Do I believe in this team? Yes, I do. I think the NFC is remarkably weak. I think there is no team in the NFC, including the 49ers, that I think you could say, oh, Cowboys have no shot. Even against the 49ers, like the Cowboys have a shot. A good one, too. No team is so great and well put together that you look at and say, man, how do you beat that team? They don't have it. So I look at it and say, man, they got a really good chance. They just can't mess it up, which 
I guess is easier said than done. <clears throat> but, you know. So my belief in the Cowboys on a scale of 1 to 10 is about an 8. Obviously, I'm hesitant because I've said over and over, I just don't think Dak is the guy to get him there. I don't think he'll be able to do it. But again, he's he's doing things this year that make me say, you know what? I think he's figured out what he can and can't do. And I think the team has figured out what he can and can't do. And this year, I felt like they've never seemed to treat it like he is more than he is. It's almost like they play with a sense of, all right, Dak, we're not not too much. We don't want you to try and do too much. Keep it, keep it cool. And I appreciate that. As a fan, I appreciate that. And I think that that's smart on their part from this coaching staff to play within what he can do well. Another cool storyline for me is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson spent the entire offseason trying to get a deal. He was picked apart. He was scrutinized for what he can't do, what he can do, what is he, what has he done, da-da-da-da-da, all that, this and that. Like, that's what it was. That's what it was. However, he went out this year and had an a great season. Great season. And everyone who believed in Lamar Jackson and thought it was ridiculous that they weren't trying to give him the money is saying, oh, see, look what he proved. Look what he proved. He proved. He proved y'all wrong. Those of us who felt like, I just don't know if I would give him that money. Certainly not fully guaranteed. Maybe not even a long-term deal. Not sure. Here's what's funny. Right now, the people who love Lamar Jackson and think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread and think that we're all idiots for being hesitant to give him that much money. Not that I wouldn't sign him. Not that I wouldn't give him a big payday. But what he was asking for, nah, sorry. Come, you got to bring that price tag down. What's funny is y'all are on the right side right now. And you may end up being right. But if he goes out there in this playoffs and throws up a stinker and is one and done, you are right back where you started. Right back. Because then what has he done? Because the biggest knock on Lamar Jackson is can he get it done in the playoffs? That's how every quarterback is judged, right or wrong. Can you get it done in the playoffs? Now, if he goes out and has an unbelievable game and they lose, no fault to him. I'll be the first one to come in and say, hey, Lamar has taken it personal and I'll apologize. For saying I wouldn't give him the money, and I'll say he's worth every single penny if he goes out there and he performs well. As of right now, I think he's worth a big payday. It's just the price he wanted was a little too rich for me. I wouldn't have wanted to pay that player that. Because what I'm getting, I feel like the value isn't there. Still, again, it was one year. Nick Sirianni was a genius for a year. Now he he should get fired. So, Lamar Jackson can come out just like the MVP season. Had a great MVP season, and then the next two or three was kind of like, eh, he's not very good, is he? Then it was contract talks, and now he has a great season, but what if for the next two or three, it's like, eh, it's kind of, you know, he's all right. See what I'm saying? See how these things are fluid? So I wouldn't have paid. We'll, we'll revisit it, though. But what I'm saying is Lamar Jackson has to come out and put up a big game in the playoffs or else. Or else. I'm going to get into... Uh, 
I'm going to get into the, to, to the NFL picks for this weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm going to pick every game. We're going to go through it. I'm going to tell you some things that matter, that don't, whatever. I'm going to tell you what to look for. All that. We're going to go through it. Don't worry. Uh, we're going to do that at the end, though, so I have the freedom to just do that because I don't know how crazy it's going to get. And then I'm going to talk about the national champions in college football. Oh, God. I'm going to try to do it without throwing up. That's, you know. Ugh. Anyway. So I was sitting... I was sitting the other day, probably about two weeks ago, this thought came into my brain. Because all season I've heard about the, uh, you know, the Giants offensive line is terrible. Um, I've heard that the Jets offensive line is terrible. I've heard that this team's offensive line is terrible. you got to draft the lineman in the first round. I have a co-worker, <clears throat> sorry, who happens to be a Jets fan. Lifelong Jets fan. And he said over and over, if they get a top 10 pick, they got to draft the offensive lineman. And I said, yeah, the offensive line stinks. You got to get a lineman. But then I started thinking for days and days as they talk about these offensive linemen, when it comes to the draft, it's one thing. But then all during the week, they talk about how the offensive line play across the NFL is bad. Right? Every analyst says it. Offensive line, hard to come by. There's not many. Why? And they'll tell you. Because the way the college football game is played, the offensive linemen don't have to do as much. So they're not producing and developing the level of offensive linemen they used to. Because everything is so spread out, fast moving, quick passing, all of that stuff. The offensive linemen, they built different. So, again, my brain, you're talking about we need to draft a lineman. To improve your bad offensive line. But if the college players coming into the league are not very good coming in. Is that an upgrade over what you have already? And should you take your top 10 pick and bring in an offensive lineman who might suck and likely will suck? Because the NFL is littered with offensive linemen who were drafted who suck because... College isn't producing that many top-tier offensive linemen because they don't have to. Aren't you just wasting that pick on a potential sucky player? I think so. If you are the Giants or the Jets, here's what you do. Let's start with the Jets first. There's two ways you could build your team. We're going to have a great offensive line and mediocre weapons. Or we're going to have phenomenal weapons and a mediocre offensive line. Here's what I know. If my offensive line, because the average, here's the average, just to prove to you I'm a thinker. The average time in the pocket a quarterback has in the NFL to deliver a pass is about 2.5 seconds. From the time you receive the the, the hike, the snap, the snap, the hike. <laughs> Well, from the time you receive the snap to you're delivering a pass or getting sacked is about 2.5 seconds, right? I think it's actually somewhere like 2.3. Your offensive line doesn't have to be dominant if they're only going to give you two seconds. You know what does have to be dominant? Your receivers have to be able to get off the press. So if you're asking me, if I'm telling my quarterback, you got two and a half seconds before you're in trouble, 
I need you, A, to be able to avoid that trouble. So I need you to have some wiggle in the pocket. So I need my quarterback to be a little more dynamic. You need to be able to move. That's number one. Number two, I need receivers who are really good. Good players. Guys that can either A, make a contested catch, or B, get off the press, or C, get in and out of breaks and be good route runners quick. Because we ain't got much time. And I need a running back that can catch the ball out the backfield and that also can make a guy miss. Because if I hand you the ball, you might have to make that first guy miss. Now to me, if you're the Jets and you got Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need nine seconds to throw the ball. Two and a half seconds, it's all he needs. He's a vet. And if you got Garrett Wilson and your number two is a stud, bro, stop. You already got your running back who you believe in, who you know is good. You got your stud receiver in Garrett Wilson who could be a one or two. If you can get another dynamic receiver and a big-time tight end, boy, I tell you, who cares about the offensive line? Nobody knows who in the NFL has a great offensive line. I live in the New York area, so I hear all day long about people calling in, talking about who who the all the Giants' offensive line say da da da. Ask them how's Jacksonville's offensive line. They have no idea. Nobody knows. And if we're judging an offensive line by sack numbers and the Giants gave up an historic number of sacks this year, so they must be terrible, or the quarterbacks aren't getting the ball out fast enough. I told you earlier in the year, guys like C.J. Stroud were getting the ball out in 2.1 seconds. He was delivering passes faster than, than Danny Dimes was. Danny Dimes was getting sacked more, sure, but he also was holding the ball longer than guys like C.J. Stroud, a rookie. And what I said was, we don't know if Texans have a good offensive line because C.J.'s getting the ball out so damn fast that it don't matter. Again, one of the oldest cliches in sports is we got to build the offensive line. Offensive linemen coming out of college are not as good as they used to be. This year, I think there's two top tackles in the draft. And then after that, it's a crapshoot. And those two top tackles, one of those guys might turn out to be a dud. And the other one might turn out to be just okay. We don't know. Because they're going to be asked to do different things against different levels of competition in the NFL. We don't know how good they're going to be. Now, I know it's that way for every position. But if I got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, I 1,000% believe he could turn Marvin Harrison Jr. He could utilize that there's a can't miss with that. That doesn't exist if you get an offensive tackle. That's it. That's my point. And if you're the Giants... Your issue is not your offensive line. Your issue is you got no weapons. Your quarterback's getting sacked because when he hits that back foot, he's got nowhere to go with the ball. You're brought in your stud tight end, Darren Waller. Oh, I'm pretty sure I told you he's going to miss time. Death, taxes, and Darren Waller getting injured, missing time. That's going to happen. I told you. I told you what a waste in a draft that was loaded with tight ends. You went out and traded for one. And the worst one you could trade for. (laughs) I mean, I told you it wasn't going to work. I told you it was a bad idea. You all laughed at me. You're an idiot. Darren Waller, if he reaches his potential, he's going to be great. But he won't. But he won't reach the potential. 
That we know. We have years. But again, I'm just a weirdo who says things just to say it. So if I'm teams, if I'm a team, like let's look at the Giants. You had some success with Danny Dimes. You had some success with Tyrod Taylor. You had some success with uh, uh, Tommy DeVito, Tommy Flapjacks, Tommy Cupcakes. <laughs> what was his name? Tommy Pancakes. What was his name? Damn, I can't remember. <laughs> I like Tommy Flapjacks. That's what we call him. Tommy Flapjacks. Corn Jacks? Potato Jacks? Potato Stacks. What was it? Why can't I remember? Uh, oh, Tommy Cutlets. <laughs> I wasn't even close. <laughs> yeah, you had success with all three of those guys at times. The offensive line didn't change. You say, oh, the offensive line's playing better now. No, 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 no. You're, you're delivering the ball. You're getting it out better. You're getting it out faster. You're moving better. You're not getting as many sacks. Offensive line is still giving up the same amount of pressure. It's just that guys are able to handle it differently. So if I'm them, I'm, I'm forget the offensive line. Our offensive line, first of all, the Giants had a bunch of injuries on the offensive line, which... You had to put in guys that weren't supposed to play. I give you a pass. I'll give you a break. For So if you bring them back, your offensive line is going to be okay. That's it. Just okay. But that's all you need if you are loaded with weapons. If I'm the Jets or I'm the Giants, I'm looking at receiver and tight end. If I'm the Jets or Giants, actually the Giants, I think, if Jaden Daniels falls to the Giants, take him. Take him. He's a he's a better. Uh, he, he's what you think Daniel Jones is. That's what that kid is. He's got a better arm. He's a better athlete. He's coming off a year where he's had to do everything for his team. He he stepped right in. Just continue, okay. If you, if you have this SEC bias, he played in the SEC against all the top teams and torched them all. Okay. He's used to playing with a bad defense where he has to put up great numbers. Got it. That's the guy you go with. If he's gone, then I would consider like a Brock Bowers. Why? Because a quarterback's best friend is a really good tight end. Because if you could pick up six, seven yards per completion to your tight end, you're getting a lot of first downs. So if Brock Bowers is available for the Giants and Jaden Daniels isn't, take him. I don't care what you got on offensive line. Take him. Because he could block in the run game. But he's also a great receiving option. A matchup nightmare. That's your route. And in the second round, I'm taking the best receiver they got available. That's it. If I'm the Jets, hey, how close are you to getting up to be able to draft Marvin Harrison Jr.? Because number two, another receiver is my first priority. Your defense set, stacked. You now need an offense that can be explosive. You don't need... You like your running back, right? Somebody's blocking for him. Your offensive line is okay. The problem was you had nobody getting open. Zach Wilson was getting getting trashed because you had nobody open. Stop. You don't need to focus on the offensive line because your offensive line could be a bust. And I would rather have a bad offensive line... But got hella weapons 
Because we can overcome the bad offensive line if we have weapons. How do I know that's true? Because I saw the Chiefs in the Super Bowl almost win a Super Bowl with an offensive line that couldn't play. I watched the Bengals get to a Super Bowl and have a chance with the ball in a minute left to win the game with a terrible offensive line. We've seen it a million times. We've never seen a great dominant offensive line and terrible skill players win a Super Bowl. And don't bring me the Ravens in 2000. That offense was a little better than you think. And that offensive line probably wasn't even great. The defense was unbelievable, though. The defense was giving up like six points a game. Bro, you had to kick three field goals. <laughs> and 55 yarders, too. And then we win the Super Bowl. That's not, That doesn't count. That's a cheat code. That defense, that defense was a cheat code. If you have a defense like that, then sure. But that was a cheat code. Okay. We have to do it. We have to talk about, oh gosh, we have to talk about Michigan winning the championship. Now look, let me say this. I watched the game. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I should have boycotted like my brother at uh, Sixers break room did. I should have boycotted the college football playoff because they didn't let Florida State in. That was such crap. Let me say this. <laughs> I'm I'm older, right? Like I'm an older guy. I'm 36 now. So watching a team I hate like Michigan win the championship, it doesn't alter my life. Like when I was younger, I used to be like, oh man, I can't watch TV anymore, bro. I'm not can't do this, man. It would like make me sick. Now I'm like, bro, I didn't have a hand in the game. I wasn't playing. I'm a fan. I hate Michigan. Forever. I will never like Michigan. But as an older, mature person, I understand, man, What good for those kids, right? Now, I want to be the guy that comes in and says, man, you had to cheat your way to a title. This title don't mean nothing. You guys cheated. You cheated, da-da-da-da, because they did cheat. They did cheat, and they benefited from it. I want to be the guy that comes in and says, oh, man, you had like 30-year-old guys in like their seventh-year eligibility because COVID year all came back, and you playing against younger dudes. That's like grown men playing kids. <laughs> I want to give you all the excuses. I want to be that guy, but I'm not because I'm mature. So I'm going to say congratulations to Michigan, to their fan base, to anyone who supports them. Um, I hate Michigan, uh, but also thank you. Thank you to Michigan because I don't know if you noticed, but Ohio State is loading up. Ohio State and the moves they're making seems like, nah, nope, we've had enough. We've had enough of this nice guy, cute guy, BS, nah, 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 nah. It's wartime. And they are getting players. They are up in the... Have you looked at the 2025 class yet? Oh, they are loading up. They went out and got Will Howard, which look, Will Howard is... Will, Will Howard. Will Howard is a good player. I'm not going to make it seem like he's going to come into Ohio State and light up the world, but... We do know that you can, when you play in a certain system and you go to a new system, they might be able to better use what tools you have or use it in a different way, which might allow you to have a little bit better of a season. And he's playing with phenomenal uh, players. They went out and picked up the transfer running back from Ole Miss to pair him with Travion Henderson. Now you have the best one-two punch in college football. Don't, Don't question it. You got Emeka Ibuka coming back. 
That's your number one now. You got the number one receiver in the country coming in as a freshman who's going to get PT. You got Brandon Ennis, who's a stud from last year's recruiting class. Now in his second season, he that's it. You got players and damn near the whole defense coming back. A defense, I might add, that was giving up under 12 points a game. A defense, I might add, that was every bit as good as Michigan. Oh, boy. They are loading up. So thank you, Michigan. Beating Ohio State three straight years. Thank you, Michigan, for reigniting the rivalry because for 15 years, it was kind of... It was, it was like, I, when I watch Ohio State Rutgers, I, I already know how, how, how much are they going to win by. That's the question. And that's what it became with, with Michigan. And I'm glad that they brought it back to the point where I watch that game now. And I'm like, intense, because they have to win it. Yes, they cheated. But, hey, man, you know. Congratulations to him anyway. The NCAA might come in, strip everything, and take it doesn't matter. But guess what? You saw it. We all saw it with our eyeballs. We watched that game. They beat Washington. Dominated Washington. Made Washington look like trash. And in that game, I will say, I was reminded, 2024, John, stop living by these old cliches. And what I said going into that game, I stand by. But I was wrong. (laughs) But I stand by. What I said was... Washington will score. Michigan isn't built to to play that type of track meet game, back and forth, high scoring game. Washington wins. What I failed to remember is a simple fact. Defense wins championships. If it's a great offense going against a great defense, I'm taking the defense every time. Because the offense has to be comfortable and on schedule in order to be effective. A great defense can disrupt that timing. And if you disrupt the timing even a little bit, falls apart. Now that offense has to play in a way that they're not comfortable, they're not used to. Also in that game, I hope y'all saw, I've said forever, I don't buy into Michael Penix. No. Oh, he's he's gifted. He's da-da-da-da-da. No. Again, Use logic. The best defense he played all season was Michigan, correct? We agree. And how did he look? Terrible. Every defense in the NFL, better than Michigan. So you think he's going to go to the NFL and do what? Light them up? No. If you're talking about third or fourth round, Michael Penix is there. I kind of need a quarterback maybe in a year or two. All right, maybe I'll take him and see if we can develop him a bit. But if you're talking about first round, nah, no, 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 no way. No way. Second round, no way. If I need a quarterback, he ain't the one. No way. We saw that. You know what else I saw in that game? If you're going to draft J.J. McCarthy... Oh, J.J. McCarthy sucks. (laughs) He sucks. Hey, let me ask you a question. College football fans, do you think Kyle McCord is good? Most of you will probably say, nah, Kyle McCord is trash. You know what what he is? Do you want to know what J.J. McCarthy is? A more athletic Kyle McCord. J.J. McCarthy, literally, they don't throw the ball. No, that's not their offense. 
Tell me what tell me one team in the history of life, the history of life, the history of football. Tell me one team who had a great quarterback that didn't throw the ball. Ever? You never? Craig Krenzel was throwing more passes than JJ McCarthy. What? <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Here, here's what they do. Michigan. 17 runs in a row. J.J. McCarthy, play action pass to the tight end. Wide open. Why? Because everyone's stacking the box. He throws it right over the linebackers. Wide open tight end. That's the offense. That's why J.J. McCarthy can complete 77 or whatever percent of his passes because they're all on play action. They're all after the run has been established. And the other team knows we just have to guard the run. Michigan has no receiving threats at all. But their run game is so dominant that we have to commit everything to that and everybody else is one-on-one. And who gets left alone? The tight end. Look at the leading receiver in most of their games. It's going to be a tight end. J.J. McCarthy was 10 of 18 in the national championship game. 10 of 18? What? He's trash. Anytime. Look. The dude is supposed to be a first-round pick, and yet going into every game, what is the thing? If J.J. McCarthy could play well, they'll be good. Why are we questioning if he could play well? He's a first-round pick, right? Again, logic. Jim Harbaugh not stupid. If he had a stud quarterback, hey, throw the ball a bit more. Let's take some chances. He ain't have it. That's the facts. He didn't have it. So if you drafting him, you're drafting him based on the fact that, well, he's got a good arm and uh, he can move. He's going to run a good 40 times. So he's going to be good. But you're not drafting because you saw it. You ain't seen a damn thing from J.J. McCarthy to give you the indication he's going to play on Sundays. Not a thing. Not a thing. I'll tell you what I did see. First play of the game versus Alabama, he threw it right to Alabama. Like, threw it right to him. Hey, I'm getting rushed out the pocket. Here, here you go. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. I saw a game against Penn State in which the team said for the entire second half, we're not going to throw a single pass. But if J.J. McCarthy's so good, why wouldn't you throw a single pass? Hmm. Logic. Use it. J.J. McCarthy sucks. All right. Let's get into... uh, Let's get into the uh, NFL playoffs. Let me... uh, Let me text my lady back. My wife is asking me a question. Uh, Okay. Sorry about that. I had to text the wife, you know. Can't leave the wife hanging on red. She'd kill me. <laughs> All right. All right, let's pull this up. Let's look at the uh, NFL playoffs. Okay. Super wild card weekend. Let's start it off with the Browns versus the Texans. Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Browns versus Texans. Here's how I'm going to go in this game. You already know what I'm picking, right? You already know what I'm picking. I am picking the Texans. 
That's right. This game is like a 50-50 game. I'm going with the Texans. And I'm going to tell you why. Two reasons. Number one, arrogance. C.J. Stroud is a rookie. Cleveland's defense is really good. Really good. However, if you go into this game and you have the mentality or the mindset of, man, we're going we're gonna to beat this rookie up. Don't get it twisted. C.J. Stroud is a competitor. C.J. Stroud is going to compete. All right? I would, I would compare this game to what Georgia was last year. CJ knows exactly what he's going up against. He's not going to go in there and feeling arrogant like, oh, I'm about to light these. No, no, no. He knows exactly what he's going against. He's going to be locked in on point. I think Cleveland may be a little, eh, a little bit arrogant. You know what I mean? A little bit like, eh, I think the energy is going to be crazy in Houston. I think Joe Flacco's a great story, but let's be honest, Joe Flacco's not unflappable. Joe Flacco's not like an unstop, like, you know what I mean? Like, they could, hey, man, this Texans defense is sneaky good. They got some, they can do some things. I'm going with, with CJ Stroud and the Texans. And if you thought I was raving this week, CJ Stroud goes out and wins a playoff game, ooh, boy. I know exactly who I'm sending the message to. <laughs> Dolphins, Chiefs in the night game, 8 o'clock on Peacock. I know a lot of people are mad about this. Like I do. I think it's just stupid. Why are you putting the game on Peacock? Now, I understand you're trying to drive traffic to the app, and they'll probably do something like, you know, free trials and stuff like that. But what's the benefit? You're never going to like use Peacock exclusively. Like, why would you? If you're the NFL, you're about, you know, revenue and stuff like that. And you're going to get more revenue putting it on a CBS than you would on a Peacock. Like, it just seems it just seems stupid. But Dolphins, Chiefs. Everyone's calling the Chiefs to win because it's cold. I'm not. I'm picking the Chiefs to win because the Dolphins struggle against good teams. All year long, I've said it. Against the teams with a winning record, they don't do well. The Dolphins are frauds. I think they are a team that will beat up on bad teams, but against good teams, like, hey, they are what they are. They get exposed. So I'm taking the Chiefs, simply put. Let's go to Sunday. Steelers, Bills. Bills. I think the Bills are on a mission. I think the Steelers were happy just to make the playoffs. I don't think the Steelers have the quarterback or the roster to compete with the Bills. I think the Bills overwhelm them. I think it's pretty easy. Uh, Rams, Lions, this one's being touted as like, you know, uh, Lions, you know, Jared Goff, revenge versus the Rams and Matt Stafford, revenge versus the Lions. A lot of people are asking me, hey, how do you feel if Matt Stafford beats Jared Goff when you said Jared Goff was better, blah, blah, blah. Look, short answer, the Lions are going to win this game. Lions are going to win. Okay. Matt's, you know, whatever. I don't care about what type of year Matt Stafford had. I never said Matt Stafford was bad. 
I just said when you traded Jared Goff for Matt Stafford, didn't you kind of get the same guy in return? And I think even still to this very moment, if you look up their production, it's about the same. <laughs> like if you love Matthew Stafford but you hate Jared Goff, like you're you're just you're just wrong because they're they're the same guy. I only really root for Jared Goff as hard as I do because everyone talks about how bad he is. And everyone hates him. And I'm like, yo, what are you hating Jared Goff for? He's a good quarterback. So I got the Lions in that one. Monday night, Eagles, Buccaneers. I know everyone's out on the Eagles. I just don't see any way Baker Mayfield beats the Eagles. And I hope he does. Don't get it wrong. I'm rooting for the Buccaneers. But I fully expect the Eagles to lay the beat down on the Buccaneers on Monday night. And now finally we get to Cowboys Packers. I'm taking the Cowboys. Although how fitting would it be for the guy I supported for two years deserving an opportunity to play. The guy should play. Jordan Love will be fine. I defended him in the beginning of the year. How fitting would it be that that guy who I've championed since the offseason as saying, no, I think he's going to be just fine. If that guy comes in and ruins the Cowboys season. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I don't think it does. I think he plays okay, but that Dallas defense, that's something else. So, I got the Cowboys winning. Oh, but I'll be nervous in that game. The Packers, just like the 49ers, have been a thorn in the side of the Cowboys. But I guess it's also fitting that they would have to go through the 49ers, exercise those demons on their way to a championship. Here's what I'm predicting. I'm predicting the Cowboys make and win the Super Bowl. Boom. Oh, who are they going against? The Texans. (laughs) I got CJ Stroud going all the way to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm going to just say it. I'm going to put it out there. I should bet on it too. I never, I've never gambled. I've never gambled, right? But that's, I should, I should, I should gamble on that one. That should be my first one. I got the Texans playing the Cowboys, all Texas Super Bowl. It's going to be awesome. That's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate y'all coming through for another week. I know we was off for uh, multiple weeks for the holidays. Hope you had a great holiday season. We'll be right back into it. Starting next week, we'll be diving into draft coverage. You got some guys still left to declare. Uh, We got to get that list together, start watching some films, start putting together some lists and figuring out who it is that I like and where. We'll get some more clarity on the draft order. I think the top 10 is already set, obviously. So I'll start digging in. We're also going to start a series where I act as the GM for each team in the top 10. And I go through what I think will be priority number one and what I would be trying to do with that draft pick they have in the top 10. I'm very excited about that. That's going to be very fun. Follow me on all social media at cyber underscore pod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D on all social media platforms. Check out Cyber Network on YouTube. We're going to have some exclusive videos over there. We're going to be doing some fun GM stuff over there where I act as a GM for a team. We're going to do some mock draft stuff. This is my favorite time of year doing this show because I love draft prep. I love the NFL draft. I love watching these players and saying who's who and having arguments with people who think this guy is great and I think that guy is great. It's fun. It's super duper fun. 
Also, now that the NFL and college football is winding down and getting ready to end officially football season, my brain will check over into full-time basketball mode. Well, not full-time, because I guess we still got the draft. But you know what I'm saying. And I will say, I know you might wonder how I feel about R.J. Barrett being traded. Thank God. Okay, y'all know I wanted R.J. Barrett going for a long time. I'm done with potential. Get me a guy who you know what he is. And look, the Knicks look far better without J.J. Without R.J. Barrett. Without R.J. Barrett. That's it. That's all I got to say about that. So look, I thank y'all for coming back through. I appreciate y'all for your patience through the hiatus. I think that's going to be an annual thing each year right around Christmas time. For those two or three weeks, we'll probably take that time off so you can enjoy your holidays. I can enjoy my holidays. But we'll deal with that later on. We'll, we'll figure that part out. But I'm glad. It's good to be back. I am back. We are back. Cyber family stronger than ever. Even though that team up north won, it don't matter because Ohio State is reloading. And they are probably going to win the national title this year and reestablish order in the world. The Cowboys winning the Super Bowl this year. CJ Stroud, greatest rookie quarterback ever, <laughs> getting to the Super Bowl. I will catch y'all next week.